Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're watching or listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell the every our audience uh, what we're doing today? So we're doing a ride-along in a 2017 Ford F-250. Uh, it has a 6.7 power stroke. Um, I figured let's start with a little history, right? History is always fun. Um, so a lot of you guys, listeners, know us and our, our company as Duramax Tuner. Um, Calibrated Power is kind of like the, the incorporation name altogether. Um, but our start was in Duramaxes, That's right? It, Duramaxes and then Cummins. And then uh, a few years ago, we started getting into the 6.7 Ford platform. And Paul, we've gotten a lot of kickback in the past, like, oh, Duramax <laughs> Tuner and you're tuning Fords. Yeah. Um, right. If you're a, a Ford loyalist, a Blue Oval fan, and, and you're diehard Ford, uh, you might look at some of the other brands and be like, oh, you know, Ford's better, Ford's this, Ford's that. But ironically, the Ford 6.7 platform is very similar to an LML. It really is, yeah. So the architecture, um, the fuel system, the turbocharging system, the way it responds to tuning, the, the tuning architecture itself, all these things are very, very so similar between the two. Bosch ECM, the same. Piezo injector, CP4 Bosch injector pump, the same. Yep. Same similar Garrett turbocharger. Yeah, same frame, um, yep. You know, the how they insert and adapt to the motor is slightly different, but the actual uh, basis of those said components are the same. Yeah. So when Nick started playing around with the CCM, he's like, oh, I've been here, done this. You know, we've played. <laughs> um, and it's been a really nice platform for us to be able to easily adopt to um, and really have a strong runner. We've been offering tunes for several years on these. Yeah. Um, and now we, we're playing around with some turbochargers and stuff like that as well, which is super cool. Well, you know, one of the fun things I, I think about Diesel Performance Podcast specifically for me, Chris, is that we, we get a, this very unique, very awesome opportunity to get out and get into some really cool trucks and drive a huge array of different vehicles. Yep. I mean, we've driven the Hummer and the Apache and, and Brett Keel's LB7, yep. the Shorty. Um, we've had a lot of fun, but this is one of those trucks that I think was a sleeper on our radar um, just because it's a regular cab. It, it's on a small lift now. It's like two inch lift or something. It's essentially leveled in my opinion. Uh, 35 inch tires, but there's nothing wildly that jumps out about it, right? It's no. not an 800 horsepower vehicle. It's not a custom swap. Uh, this is something that you would expect to see on a farm and or somebody to drive every single day. Well, plus, it's not in what at the shop and what our listeners are more acclimated with. You know, we talk heavily on Duramaxes. We've had Cummins in the past yep. that we've done drive-alongs with and had on the podcast. And we've always been really light on the Ford content. Yep. You know, if you're going to compare all three. So this was a huge opportunity for us to say, hey, you know what? We have a really cool platform at the shop. Let's get the keys from Nick. Let's take it out. Let's drive it. And, you know, let's let's kind of agree or disagree with all the Ford loyalists out there on like, hey, this is a great truck or hey, it's not. <laughs> and then compare it to some of the other vehicles, you know. Yeah. Um, us at the shop, you know, we love to tinker with everything we like to explore. We want to be able to improve on. And as for myself, as I'm, I'm not really that Ford oriented, right? I've, I've always been more of the Ram side and you've always been more on the Duramax. Being that we have our own positions and, and our own outlooks, the Ford's a really solid truck. This is a really cool truck to drive. Well, it is. And, and Chris, I think we've both been pretty vocal that the previous generations of Ford 
not really either one right. of our tastes. I drove a 7.3 for a hot minute. Um, I get it. I get the love for them. But as far as a performance application, really not going to be your best bet. No. Uh, but then there but are there guys, are out, guys there out there who build six liters like monsters. There are guys out there who build the six fours like monsters. It can be done. Absolutely. And that's been proven to us, I think, over time. Yep. Um, however, the six seven is a platform that I think you and I both have been pretty vocal that we do really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those trucks that you're gonna jump in it, and if you love diesel, you're gonna love this. Yeah. Chris, I think one of the things that I love about driving this truck um, is that it, it, I know it's a regular cab, so it's already a little lighter, but the throttle feels intuitive. Now this does have custom Easy Link tuning on it uh, from Nick, or you know, team at Calibrated Power. Uh, so it's definitely not just the factory Cal. Did you drive this when it was completely stock before I've, they put a tune on it? You know, I've driven some of the Fords, right? Okay. Stock Fords. And I, as much as it pains me to say this, you know, again, not much of a Ford guy. The Ford, in my opinion, is like the most complete truck. Got the nicest shifting trans. The calibration factory, they, they drive nice. They're, they're fairly responsive. Yeah. Um, but guys have the same complaint, whether it's a Ford, GM, Ram, you know, oh, I want better throttle response. They miss their old box programmer on their older <laughs> truck where you touch the throttle and it breaks the tires loose, right? Everyone wants it to go quicker. They want yeah. it to go and move when they apply the throttle. Um, but these trucks, just like I said, the refinement of them, the transmissions in these things, uh, they shift very nicely. They're very uh, firm in their shift. They're smooth yeah. um, and they're super robust. Like hands down, this is probably one of the best transmissions in the light truck duty game right now. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And, and, and for somebody who loves the way an Allison feels and hates the way pretty much every Dodge Trans has ever been, yeah. been under a truck, um, the Ford still, like, like this specific model just really yeah. stands out where it, uh, again, this has the tuning on it, so it's already been dialed in to kind of run with that extra torque that's produced by the engine tuning. Uh, but it does. It, it shifts when you want it to shift. It lugs when you want it to lug. Uh, it feels effortless, which is what I want from a transmission, right? I want a transmission that I'm not thinking about. It, it's doing yeah. what it's supposed to do automatically. Uh, that's, that's the whole idea behind it. And a lot of that stems from the amount of electronic control and the design yep. in the actual uh, application of clutch on, clutch off, yep. and things like that, as opposed to older versions of transmissions uh, that just weren't as technologically advanced. Yep. Right? What I like about these trucks is their power band. Okay, you can get into one of these trucks. You can have the engines RPM at 13, 1400, and come up, and it will lug, and it has the power, it has the turbo input to really pull through confidently. Yeah. Um, which is ideal when you're talking about fuel economy, when you're talking about just daily driving, and more importantly, when you're talking about towing. Um, you know, you want the engine to have a really nice wide operating range that has a nice efficient torque curve. So, you know, getting in something like this, it's, it's, you can get in it confidently. Yeah. Right. And you can hook up to a trailer. It's good to go. You can hook up to a daily driver, you know, just driving down the street, going commuting to work, what have you. And, uh, you know, it's not laborsome to drive by any means. Well, and I think one of the things that, that we may have just kind of assumed everybody knew, but this is all emissions equipped. Right. This has all of the factory EGR, DEF, DPF. We're actually, we're going through a regen literally as we record this. Oh man, these trucks drive like crap with a regen. <laughs> it started off at 100% soot load. We got into it. We were driving it for a minute before we started the, the podcast here. 
Uh, and we ran it up to to exactly 100% DPF load. Uh, and I've been driving it, I don't know, for the short amount of time we've been rolling here. We're already down to 71%. It's burning right through it. Uh, we're, we're out on some back roads right now. So I'm able to kind of get a, a little bit of a gauge of some stop and go. You know, I wanted to not really be jammed up in traffic. Uh, especially for regen, right. but we know it's coming. Uh, we want to be smart about our emissions equipment, but we also want to kind of see, you know, like you said, Chris, does it really drive like crap? Do you feel like you have no power? Yeah. Tell you what, I'm watching the mirrors right now. I don't see any white smoke. No. Uh, I'm watching our temperatures. I don't see any crazy temperatures that are out of control. VGT activity isn't out of control. Uh, this truck does have a, uh, a lambda gauge or an air fuel ratio gauge on it. Hey, it's in regen. We know we're gonna get a little bit more fuel. Not too worried about that during during regen. Um, it's really, it's one of those where, where again, it's just doing what it's supposed yep. to do. Super responsive <laughs> on the 35, I just want to keep adding. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Ford engineers did this thing right. You know, the way they have the gearing set up and the ratios and the transmission and how that, you know, complements the slightly bigger tire, mixed with just the overall feel of the truck, the solid front axle, the robustness of the trans, just the overall package of this vehicle. You know, it's very, uh, it offers a lot of those creature comforts. It's real smooth. Well, here it is too. And, and you know, with the stock exhaust, it's really quiet. Uh, now this truck, also we had Nick on last week to talk about turbo R&D. This truck has an R&D turbo on it, I believe. Yeah. So it's one of our prototype 64 stealths. Um, there'll be more info to come. Uh, us at the company, you know, we finally went live with our Cummins turbocharger, which we've talked about in previous, po previous podcasts, uh, our L5P turbo. Um, so this is one of those next in the pipeline uh, when we had Nick on and like, hey, how do you decide what's the next R&D piece? What do you do? Well, here you have it. This is one of the next <laughs> projects that we're working on. And uh, here we are. We're, we're part of the R&D process. That's Paul. it. Yeah, officially yeah. a part of the R&D process. Think we can get badges? Took, yeah, for yeah, sure. I think we get for badges. sure. R&D team. There you go. Um, well, you, you know what's funny, Chris, is if nobody told you there was an aftermarket turbo on here. You wouldn't know. You would have no, no idea. I, honestly, know. That, that's, I remember back when we first did like an LB7 stealth and we used to say that like, oh, under like a stock tune or like a real mild tune, if you're driving light, you would never know the turbo was there. And as we got into 67s, which are capable mostly of like 750 to 800 horsepower yeah. in those turbos, um, it's always fun to get back to drive a 64 where I have, I've been real light on the throttle guys. Uh, we're trying to work through this region. Like I said, I don't think I've broke 40% throttle input. Um, we're down to 63% DPF load already, by well, the way. Well, let's look at it from a different perspective, right? Because you get guys, I get guys, they'll call in and they'll go, well, what does the turbo sound like, right? What is the turbo going to do? You could put a turbo on a truck and that turbo is going to have a lot of different attributes. It can react differently based on how you use the truck. Sure. You could tune the truck and have it sound loud and obnoxious. You can have the turbocharger have a crazy whistle out the tailpipe. You could tune the turbo to have erratic drivability if you wanted. But what makes a great product is something that you can drop into the truck and you can retain a lot of the refined drivabilities. Whoa. Something that you don't have to drive around that turbocharger. There you go. You can get in the truck, you can hook up to your trailer, you can get in the truck, you can commute, and it offers that same type of drivability or stability to where you don't have to drive around the modifications. The modifications work in favor of how you use the truck. Exactly, exactly. And this thing too is, it's just, you need so little to, to tame this truck, yeah. you, you know, because it is, we've had now the dyno, this truck will make 600 horsepower to the wheels, no problem. Yeah. Um, but yet you get it out on the road and it doesn't feel like a wild beast. It doesn't feel like you're dangerous. It doesn't feel Smooth. like, 
Like, you're, you Smoke, don't know man. what it's going to do next. You're kind of just like, man, I barely need to touch the throttle and, and just rest my foot there. And, and it, it holds 60, 65 miles an hour it's, all day long, no problem. It's that, you know, flying under the radar, right? It's, it's sleeper. It's subtle. Uh, if you need the power, it's there, you know? So you have a truck that's going to have... Good drivability. Yeah, you're gonna have a truck that you can go up to any trailer you want. You know, within the uh, the the, uh, the restraints of the truck, right? With what its limits sure. are. And you're gonna have confidence. Well, you know, Chris, and that brings up a good a good question. People always hit me with it's like, well, if I increase the power of the truck, do I increase my GVW? Um, right. I, and I, I like the concept. I like where your head is at when you're asking that question. I really, really do. I wish it was that simple. <laughs> However, I'm pretty sure GVW is mostly determined by safety restrictions, not power restrictions. Yep. Uh, so it's about braking. It's about uh, can you stop the weight of the load that you have going. That has a lot to do with it. Yep. And then, of course, also, like, is the truck strong enough to survive a crash if you have all of that weight behind it and things of that nature? <laughs> uh, so it's usually not a power. I would say for those of us who have loaded a trailer well beyond what IDOT wanted us to or whatever your state's Department of Transportation Enforcement uh, code is there, um, yeah, yeah, when you add power, the thing you got to worry about is actually are you adding heat? Uh, and that's one of the things with this turbo that I've noticed is that even in the testing and, and what I've seen in the R&D process with it is it's not not a situation where we're adding a ton of power because we're adding a ton of heat, uh, which can be a byproduct. Uh, it, it, this variable vane technology allows more airflow across a wider operating range. And that's that's why we get some of these results, I think, that Chris and I have been talking about, which is about how smooth it is and about how the power comes on so nicely uh, and about how it has this wide operating range where it's capable of doing all these things. You could hook this to a trailer. We actually just did. We shot some video with it, I think, two or three weeks ago. Oh, cool. uh, and we had somebody else out driving it and shooting some footage of it, pulling a big enclosed 20-something foot enclosed trailer. Uh, and it did great, man. I mean, we... We, we were doing some passing shots with it. So we, we were working it pretty hard. Uh, and, and it held up just fine. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a regular cab. It's a little bouncy, right? It wasn't the best weight distribution right. well, it's for light, that big of a bumper odd. pull. Yeah, but, it's, but it's unique. You know, as you get a little older doing this, you know, I think about my 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 19-year-old self. Yeah. And I think about what I wanted in a turbocharger versus my 25-year-old self versus my 30-year self. Um, you know, you, you kind of have these different requirements on checklists, you know. Sure. Um, the one thing that's still the, 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 the common attribute is I want power. You know, you want that power. You want you want to have more than what the stock truck is. You don't want to pull up to a truck like yours and it's the same truck, right? You want to pack a meter <laughs> punch. Um, but as you get a little older, you want the truck to still respond and react the way that truck next to you reacted. Yeah. Um, just better. Yeah. <laughs> just better. So, I mean, I can't tell you, I can't speak enough on, on the Ford platform, you know, and how nice this truck drives, the smoothness, the quality of the truck as a whole is is definitely enjoyable. Yeah, you know, and I got a chance to do that towing series uh, with Nick over on the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel where we yeah. compared the all the new trucks. It was the 2019, 2020s. And the thing about that test is we drove all of the nicest possible trim levels. Like yeah. it was the Tremor package, the Denali, the whatever, Laramie or whatever the... Yeah the ram was um we're not th this truck that we're driving now is not not the super it's xlt baby xlt so that's where am i at in the ford echelon of i mean we have all the bells and whistles but we have cloth okay 
Okay, we have the nice, I know the, the viewers can't see this, but we have the nice eight inch screen. We have, uh, you know, the dual climate control. It's not a premium sound system, but it is a regular cab. I don't know how premium you need to get. Well, in a I also cab. love dual climate control in a, a, in a regular, regular cab. cab. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know how um, different it can be. I mean, be your wife and my girlfriend might say otherwise. They right. probably love it, right? <laughs> Um, the women are probably going to be bigger fans than the males, but yeah. I mean, this is a really nice option truck. I mean, being that it's a regular cab, when I look at it from the outside in, the regular cab looks very angled. It looks very awkward, but yeah. when you get in it, there's, for a regular cab, there's a decent amount of room. There's some room back here to there store really stuff, yeah. um, but we're sitting here and I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm not, actually I'm not comfortable. pinned on the wheel or no, anything like no. that. No, no, and like you can still go back, you can go forward. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, the approach or my assumption of how the truck interior wise was gonna be was much different once I got in it. Right. Um, and I mean, you get into like the four doors of these trucks, they're huge cabs, man. They're big cabs, <laughs> they're super spacious. But it just, it, it just, again, solidifies where the popularity lies with these things, you know, as you drive these trucks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, Chris, I'll tell you what, we're just about done with regen. We're down to 42%. Yeah. These trucks generally will dip down into the 30s, and that's when you know that, that your active regen is over. Uh, you may see it go lower from that. If you're out like towing or working it, uh, that's a, probably more of a result of yeah. a passive regen where the work you're doing is already just pushing for more soot out of there. Um, yeah, pretty good range, pretty quick time for a regen. Do you want me to pull over? Do you want to get behind the wheel on this thing? Yeah, let's give it a go. All right, man. All right, so we made the switch. That's it. Yeah, we made the switch, Chris. Well, first thoughts, your first five seconds in this thing. Super what do you responsive. Think? Felt like a stock truck. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. This is. Uh, I'm gonna complain. I don't like the camera in my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute since I've had that. So, uh, you know, other than that, I mean. This, uh, I will say I'm used to a little bit of a lower truck, so I am very up in the air too. Yeah. This is this is a tall, tall truck. It really is. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a small lift and, and a set of 35s on it, so it's not like, you know, it's, it's jacked to the sky or no. anything. Uh, but when you're used to driving pretty much anything else, uh, it yep. definitely feels tall. Uh, just the, the position of how you're in the cab of this, you're, you're, you're up yeah. more. Also, the way the, the hood slants, makes yeah, the front the illusion. feel short. Yep, and right? it's an illusion. And it know? does, it definitely helps you feel like you're looking down at everything. Uh, so, you know, the, the standard Ford owner kind of mentality. Uh, I'd want to hook up to a trailer and tell with this. Right? Just to, just to do it, just right? to say I did it. It's, it's, I think like in my head, when I think about like what I want out of a regular cab diesel truck, yeah. is you need something that that's utilitarian. I mean, I mean, you're probably not getting it to be fancy, right? So you yeah. need it to do that daily driving that you have to do because you're a human who has to drive your vehicle every day. Yeah. But you also want it to be able to hook up to something and be able to pull it. And this is one of those trucks that just, it feels like it's not gonna have a problem with that. And I'll tell you from experience, it doesn't. No, this thing just gets up and gets out it of its really way. Does. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and the turbo, I got impressive. to drive this before the turbo was on it. So I got to drive it with aftermarket tuning, stock turbo, and then aftermarket tuning, aftermarket turbo now. Uh, and I will tell you, no, I, I could not feel or measure or notice absolutely any difference in spool up. No. Uh, or like even that hard acceleration like there where you just got on it yep. a little bit is it just runs it just goes yeah what i like about the with with a slightly slight turbo upgrade is you gain that response down low you know you don't you don't lose lose that is what i should have said yeah but then you gain in that mid-range that meat of the torque curve right you gain that 
and then the truck just wants to keep running up top because it's not falling <laughs> out of air, you know. But I mean, this thing just rolling into the throttle here, but it downshifts, and I mean, it just, you know, it threw you right back in the seat. It, it's man. just, it's there, it goes. And it's that's crazy this is one how of those that are. I think when somebody drives a vehicle like this, all of a sudden that idea of emissions equipped performance just starts to become more and more feasible and more and more obtainable. Somebody hit me on the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel uh, just this past week or whatever. Uh, something with a comment in reference to like one of our should I delete my LML videos. Yeah. And the comment basically was saying, I don't know why all you diesel performance companies didn't get together and fight the EPA in court. And I was like, well, one, I know just from, from our camp, we'd rather spend our time innovating right. than litigating. Uh, so we'd rather yeah. be developing new products and working within the confines of what's been presented to us as opposed to spending our money on lawyers. Two, I'm not even gonna address the fact that like huge mega corporations like you know GM and all the other auto manufacturers and gas and oil industries, they couldn't come up with enough money to win, so I don't know why smaller companies would try. Um, but, but I think that also that comment comes from somebody who has a belief that the only way you're gonna get the truck you want is to delete the emissions. Well, let's just, we've talked about this before. It's, it's the old mentality, it's old technology. Um, back in the late 2000s, early 20 teens, that was the big movement, delete, delete, delete. Yep. And that's been a practice that a lot of shops and some companies have still maintained to this day. The emissions are a moving part. We've talked about this, right? There is a time and a place. There is going to be a failure rate. That's going to be there. That's inevitable. But there's also ways to approach how you modify the truck, how you tune the truck, how you maintain the truck that can really help those vehicles stay in one piece. I always make the comment and the joke, well, if your water pump fails, do you delete the water pump? <laughs> my, my truck, you know, 30,000 miles, the factory water pump failed. Yeah. Can't go and delete that. Nope. I had to go and buy a new one. Now, the parts to replace the water pump are a little less expensive than some of the emissions components. Hey, listen, there, there's but, some of those emissions failures where when somebody says, I, I meet all of these requirements, like I, I'm never going to drive across the country. Right. My state is very unlikely to have any emissions equipment laws get passed anytime soon. Yep. There's little to no enforcement, and I've already had a massive failure that's outside of warranty that's going to cost me more money than it would to delete. Yep. I'm not I'm not against that concept. What, no. what I think I'm, I'm pro is saying, let's take a look at the truck and find out the most efficient way to, to get the truck yep. to run the way I want it to run. No. I want it to make more power. I want it to spool up quick. I want it to hit hard. Like you said, when it gets up top, I want it to feel like it has more air right. than what I yeah. need. I don't care what parts are included in that. If yeah. they switch to supercharging diesels, I'm not saying they will, but if somehow the technology all switched around and we went to supercharging diesels next year, I'd be cool with that yep. if it drove great. Like, I wouldn't oh, care. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the guys, oh, I want the sound. Okay, you know, we all have that inner child in us, myself it. included. I'm not gonna dispute that, right? Yeah. But there's a time and a place. But the idea here is, as you spend all this money on these trucks, you want the truck to perform. Yeah. That's it. You know, you buy a heavy duty truck for a reason. You want it to tow. You want it to get decent fuel economy. You want it to be reliable. You want to be able to get from point A to point B in the least laborsome possible way. Sure. Right? Um, so when we talk about these types of things, you know, to, to the gentleman's point, you know, like you said, you, you want to innovate and you want to come with the times. You know, uh, a truck 10 years ago had much different technology than a truck of t t today's standards. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and the truck 10 years from now is gonna have a lot different technology than what we are faced with today. As that technology improves, 
Well, the technology of third-party companies like us improve. That's right. And we're able to have better understanding, better know-how. You remember driving a truck seven years ago? Remember driving the old twin turbo truck? And at the time, <laughs> that was awesome. But that truck had, you know, some questionable, some questionable things. Sure. Where now you're talking getting in a truck and it's refined. It, it has that OEM style of no quirks, no blemishes, no, well, you hit the throttle, there's a dead spot, or, hey, you know, if you're gonna go into a regen, don't drive the truck too hard. You were driving the truck the same way you would drive the truck any other time. Sure. And it performed, you wouldn't have known the truck was doing that unless we were watching the gauge. Exactly. And I think that that's one of the big, big, big pieces here is, is again, advancements in technology, that know-how and that understanding that companies such as us use and that's where I think we're starting to see some of those companies start to come together and start to team up where it's not the companies teaming up going after the EPA and the federal government it's more of hey this is what it is right this yeah. is what's legal this is what's illegal let's get the companies to get together and let's learn on hey will your part work with this part or hey let's try this tuning on this setup we want to push the envelope and we want to get to that next step but we want to do it within what's required by law yeah well, you know, and, and that's exactly why we, we love to have other other people in the industry, whether it's enthusiasts or shop owners or manufacturing owners. We want other people in the in the industry to come on to Diesel Performance Podcast and be able to talk to our listeners about what is possible. What can we do about this? What is the next step? Yeah. Uh, because I think we're seeing, especially after the massive level of competition being raised at UCC this year, we're seeing that racing is certainly not dead. There is no. going to be a racing scene happening. Um, and I think that as we get ready for other events like King of the Streets yep. and other things that are going on in the industry, we're all thinking about what can we do? How can we make it better? How can we get, like you said, how can we get what we want out of the trucks? Yep. Um, Chris, I know we're rolling into traffic here, guys. So I think we're going to get pretty close to wrapping it up here. Uh, what are your last thoughts on this truck? Is this, is this better than driving your Cummins? Oh, God, no. <laughs> You're such a liar. I mean, the, the truck drives nice. And here's the thing, you know, Fords definitely drive nicer than a Ram. I'm not going to dispute that. I've said this a million times. I'm definitely more in favor of my inline motor versus a V8. Okay. But um, this truck drives extremely well. The way the transmission transitions, the refinement of the truck as a whole, it's a super nice truck. I would definitely be able to be confident talking to guys in truck setup and telling guys, hey, if you're looking to buy a truck even, because we get those questions all the time, yeah. you know, this is this is the truck to beat. I it hate really to say is. it. It really, yeah. really is. So, yes, I enjoy driving it. No, I would not give up my Cummins for one. <laughs> well said. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for the ride-along portion of this. Uh, guys, if you're listening to the audio portion, uh, stick around because we're going to have a little bit more diesel performance podcast coming at you. We have our super tech Jeremy Garnett uh, coming on, and I believe also we'll be talking to our remote support uh, expert uh, just a minute after a word from our sponsors. Replace the old leaking radiator in your truck with a direct fit replacement from the XDP Extra Cool Radiator line. XDP's Extra Cool Radiators are made using the same techniques used in the HD truck industry to give you durability, strength, and performance. Each Extra Cool Radiator is built around a high efficiency core with heavy duty tubes. It's also internally reinforced for strength and features more fins per inch for maximum cooling. The end tanks on each radiator have been upgraded to a fiber reinforced plastic construction for added strength and durability.
To put it all together, a heavy gauge steel crimp strip is used to join the tank and the core. This eliminates the separation that's common in OE radiators. To find out more about the XDP Extra Cool Radiators, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. I want to talk to you listeners today a little bit about Whirly Custom Fabrication. We've been working with the guys over at WC Fab since the sh since the shop is open, literally. Uh, we've always had a great friendship and relationship with Jason Whirly and Ryan Whirly and the whole crew over there. And one of the reasons that that relationship has lasted for 15 years plus is because we get the same consistent high quality parts and excellent customer service from them every time. Uh, if you guys are looking for any of the parts or products that WC Fab can supply, I blindly and wholeheartedly totally recommend them to you. Axergy Performance is the leader in high performance diesel fuel systems. When you go around to UCC, when you go around to competitions, when you look at LeVon Miller and other amazing competitors who have crushed it and dominated this space, you'll see consistently Axergy Performance is what their injectors and their fuel pumps are provided by. And that is because they're using the highest levels of technology to develop and process your orders. So you're, you're not getting an injector that somebody hit with a screwdriver to hone it out. You're not getting something that some fly-by-night shop uh, tried to tweak some 50-year-old equipment to try to hack together a set of modified injectors. You're getting OEM quality. You're getting the absolute best possible thing for your truck. And when it comes down to your fuel system in a diesel, there may be no part that's more crucial to have a very, very high, ridiculous standard for quality. Uh, if you're considering upgrading your fuel system in your diesel truck, you need to contact one of the distributors or you need to contact Exergy Performance directly because they're going to get the job done right and you're going to be really happy with it. All right, folks, here we are uh, at the my favorite part of the show, which is where we get to sit down with our super tech, Jeremy Garnett. How the hell are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? And today we, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Today we also have in our remote support expert, Sean Lynn. How the hell are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. I love that we kind of have decided to put these two segments together when we can. Uh, Jeremy, I know we talked a little bit about this in our production meeting, and I think this is going to be a really fun one. I think so, too. All right. Uh, so, guys, we're going to change up the premise just a little bit here. We're decided we're going to test our remote support experts' expertise. Uh, so, Jeremy has a truck that he's already brought in and diagnosed and worked on, um, but we haven't told Sean Lynn about it. So, we're bringing Sean Lynn in cold so that we can kind of give him the symptoms and see how he would diagnose this over the phone. Because one of the things we talked about is... You guys both work with having to diagnose customer issues based on very little information. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but you handle your diagnostics very different ways. Jeremy, you will go get your tools and sit there and figure it out for yourself. Sean, you have to actually tell people in a general sense, like, here are things you can look at. Like, I cannot do this for you. Like, you, you can take this to a shop or you could go get this tool and figure this out. Like... You guys both deal with these problems early on, but actually resolving them works very differently for you, too. So I thought it would be fun to kind of bring you guys together and see how much overlap we have. Yeah, I think this will be fun. Excited for it, Sean? Oh, yeah. Up to the task? Mm -hmm. All right. We'll see if you hold up. Um, all right. So, Jeremy, 
Uh, give us a rundown. What is the truck, and what were you told when the truck first showed up in your hands? Uh, today we have a LWN 16 uh, GMC or Chevy Colorado. Um, I got handed a set of keys and a ticket and says this truck came in on a tow truck not running. Diagnose. Boom. Sean, this may have been too easy for you. <laughs> this, I, 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 we're, we're, Sean, you drive an LWN. Yeah, I've had one for over four years now. Oh, my God. All right. Well, listen, I, I knew this might happen. I just realized that you do drive a Colorado for four years now. So, so let's see. This should be a nice, easy tee-up for you. Um, if you were getting a call from a customer or if Jeremy was the tech and he was giving you a call and he said, hey, man, LWN just came in not running. What do I do? Um, the first thing I would have to ask is when did the trucks, uh, truck stop running? Were you driving it? Did you go out and it just didn't start? Um, what kind of check engine lights are you getting? Dash messages? That would all be very helpful. Okay. All right. Jeremy, I think you have some of that info. Uh, yeah. It's actually the, some of the first things I did. <laughs> so um, first thing I did is grab a scan tool, walk out to the truck, and crank the truck and see if I can get it to start. Um, truck cranked for you know a minute, started for about 10 seconds, and shut off. Oof. Uh, sounded really, really bad, like doc, 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 like Oof. injector noise, you know, like an old LB7, you know. Um, so I grabbed the scan tool. I look for engine codes. Uh, you know, of course, there's a ton. Um, <laughs> EG, you know, EGT codes, uh, diffs, or soot accumulation codes, mass airflow sensor codes, and then there's also messages on the dash for saying timing chain service or timing belt service. So you were That's a scary list. Can we just pu- just pump the brakes right yeah. there? As as any diesel truck owner w- would know if you've dealt with massive failure, right. that's a scary list. Yes. Um we get the truck pushed in at this point cuz it's it won't run more than 20 seconds. Um here we are thinking, okay, did the timing belt jump? Did was it leaking? Did the timing belt break? I mean, yeah. it's got 165,000 miles on it. Where where are we at with it? Um, but then we took those engine codes and we went a little bit further with it. Okay, well, we have soot accumulation. We have mass airflow sensor. So we started going into it and diagnosing a little bit further. Gotcha. All right, Sean, let's kick it back over to you. So you had initially asked, what are the check engine lights? What are the dash messages? And when did it stop running? Did I catch that correctly, Jeremy? Yeah. Did it stop running so it started, it took a minute to crank over, right. but it started. Do you know for the, the actual owner, did it stop running while he was driving down the road, or did he come out one morning and it, it would not fire up? I'm under the assumption it was while he was driving down the road. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's even scarier. Right. Okay. Sean, um, do, do we get that, that whole list out there? So it's EGR codes, DPF codes, mass airflow sensor codes, a timing chain message or code? Uh Message. Message. Yeah. Timing chain message. And then what was the other messages? Any other messages on the dash? Um, Just service messages as in fuel filter, oil change, stuff like that. Serv- okay. Okay. Service fuel filter, do yeah. an oil change. All right. Sean, what What if I came back to you and I gave you all of that information? What would, what would your next step be? Um, based on the information given, it would have to be an issue with the emissions system. I mean... If it's accumulating a lot of soot and it's to the point where the truck barely runs, then there's got to be something issue. Clogged DPF, something with the turbo, 
Gotcha. Why, what points you in that direction, Sean? Based on all the codes having a similar... Just the fact there's emissions codes, right? And then, and then the mass airflow sensor code, that's always one that, that worries me. Right. Exactly, because if it's not pulling in enough air, it's going to be too rich. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. All right. Um, Jeremy, now now you had a chance to actually go and diagnose this truck. So you got all these codes. You got all these messages. Did you go to that spot? Did you go right away in your head to clog TPF? Because the timing chain thing would scare me about, like, a bent rod or, or something massive failure in the rotating assembly. Well, actually, with talking with a couple of the guys around uh – Sean being one, yeah. Um, the light comes on at one hundred fifty thousand, so the timing chain message. So, and at that point, we're okay. That could be the message. That could be the reason the message is on. Maybe the guy just hasn't reset the light or hasn't had that service done yet. Right. So we actually did go a little bit further. Um, and I was gonna just take it one step at a time. So I'm like, well, let me split the exhaust in half. So I did. I t- we split the exhaust in half. And went to go start the truck up, and it just sat there and idled. <laughs> it didn't idle happy, but it idled, and there was a bunch of smoke coming out of the cat. Oh. So that led us to go in a little bit further with the, with the scope and everything. We looked at the DPF and everything and just saw the amount of soot accumulation in the exhaust. Was it just caked? Just caked. Oh. So uh, I actually put it back together just to confirm my diagnosis. Went to start the truck back up, and it won't start again. Yeah. So now we're under the assumption that the DPF and the exhaust is just completely clogged. Oh, man. That is a tough one, too, on those trucks. And, like, so, you're at 168000 so you, you're not talking right. about warranty at this point. You're talking about, I own it. What am I going to do? And then pulled the face of the, you know, we have the intake off the turbo, go grab the wheel of the turbo, and it's just rough, you know, like, just, it's not seized, but, man, it just don't want to spin very nicely. And this is this turns into a chicken or egg conversation real quick. Right. Right? Because if your DPF failed and you weren't able to get into a regen, it could build enough soot that, that it plugs up, and then that back pressure could fail the turbo. Right. But also, if your turbo failed... And you kept driving the truck, and it was slowly <laughs> failing over time, and it was getting worse and worse and becoming less and less and right. less effective. You also would be running rich. And like Sean had mentioned, if you have any sort of intake issue or getting clean air into the truck issue, you're going to have a problem with soot production. Right. So if you increase soot production, you could fail your DPF very quickly. So do, do you think you'll get to a point on this on this truck that you'll be able to say, this is what the root cause was? I don't think so. Just because you have both parts are bad, right? So the the DPF's bad. The cat, I mean, it's bad. It just it needs to be replaced, and the turbo's bad, right? So I can't. I'm really not going to be able to tell you which one went first. Um, Could I fix this? That's an assumption, but yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I always love guys too. At this point, a lot of guys are going to jump on to say delete the truck. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and I understand that that desire but getting deletes especially for a 2.8 liter getting tougher and tougher out there in the industry uh now obviously here calibrated power duramax tuner we do everything all emissions equipped our customers know this coming in mm-hmm. um you know so it's no secret customer is on board he is ready to return the truck back to working healthy order he hasn't just scrapped this thing and just said never mind just i'm gonna i'm gonna roll it into a dumpster and, and well, light it on fire <laughs> if it needed a motor then probably okay um but uh, we actually got parts ordered, and uh, we'll get them 
installed. Um, they won't be here for a few days, so we'll get the new turbo put on. We're not actually going to do a aftermarket turbo. We're going to do a stock turbo because it's a non-tuned truck. Stock turbo, stock exhaust, and save what sensors we can and go from there. I love it. Well, I'm excited to see if it pans out. Sean, what do you think? I think you're pretty much on the right track there. Um, if the exhaust system fills with oil, that stuff is never going to function right again. So even trying to save it, I think that would just be, you know, a major hassle because you'd have to take it off again to replace it down the road. Yeah, yeah. DPFs on on well any trucks, uh, any any like consumer trucks, um, no, nothing serviceable. So if your DPF fails, your DPF fails. You, you it's a re- replace and repair or, or replace, not repair, and that's really the name of the game, right? So, all right, guys. Uh, well, I'm excited. I think this will be a fun one to check back in on next week. Do you guys want to talk about the same truck next week? And maybe we'll queue up another another vehicle to talk about. Sure. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, listeners. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here at Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris and I have a couple more ride-alongs put together, so we're going to be driving some really cool trucks with some R&D parts, uh, some consumer release parts. We're excited about it. If you are a listener and you live in northern Illinois, southern Wisconsin, if you're around this general region, we'd love to drive your truck and do a review of it for Diesel Performance Podcast. Reach out to us on Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. Thank you so much for listening. It's the line of Santa. (laughs) 